And welcome everyone to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. I'm Tim Grady, and I'm here with the host, founder of Manufacturing Talk Radio, Lou Weiss. Lou and I today are going to speak with Joel Zilke, who is the uh, business manager for Steamfitters Local 601, talking about apprenticeship programs. And Joel, thank you for joining us. Oh, my pleasure, James. I'm glad you're on with us. My nephew is uh, an electrical apprentice in a union over in Madison. All right. I will tell you that if I could get a couple more of my boys in a union trade, I would do it in a heartbeat. They've got you know great pay, great benefits. It's a terrific uh, opportunity for them to learn. So you know we're we're excited about what we're going to hear today on apprenticeships in your world right well and you, you know it, it, your your grandfather probably you heard it from him about hey you learn a trade can't take it away from you you can go anywhere with it and support yourself so that's still true today yeah my father told me that a hundred times right. and i didn't listen to him <laughs> <laughs> well so joel what is uh steam fitters doing in relation to manufacturers and as we all know, manufacturers struggle to hire skilled labor. Uh, wage rates are being pressed upward. They still have over 700,000 open jobs in the U.S. in manufacturing, and they're not getting filled anytime soon. How can you help? Okay, so we've got a, a, an apprenticeship program that um, really started, uh, well, for us in the Wisconsin area, you know, in the late 30s and 40s, got rolling along. And it, it's kind of modeled after the, the German system, you know, over in Europe, uh, where this is a, a um, employer contracting with an employee to train them at, at a trade, in our case, steam fitters, learning how piping systems go in and how to do the, uh, you know, the heating, the cooling. Um, you know, I, I always like to throw in that, you know, sometimes people go, well, man, steam fitter, what is that? And so we're the guys um, related to, to, we're a piping trade related to plumbing and sprinkler fitting. Plumbers are the guys that do the, the sinks and toilets and roof drains and things like that. And sprinkler fitters do the fire protection. So we do just about everything else um, from uh, um, putting in heating and air conditioning in your house, you know, furnace and, and systems that you have in a residential building um, all the way up to you know power plants and refineries so quite a, a diverse um, uh, set of skills that a person has to have and of course the guy specialized in it through the apprenticeship um, we have uh, uh, two apprenticeships at steamfitter 601 one is, is the construction guys that install the systems and then there's a separate apprenticeship for the guys that troubleshoot and fix the equipment uh, once it's been installed. So um, we we do reach out. Um, I, I know that manufacturing and, and the construction trades uh, attract a similar type of person. You know, it's, it's people that like to see something built that are good with their hands, maybe aren't the person that wants to be the doctor or lawyer, uh, but but really shines at, at doing things, um, figuring in your head how it should look, how it should be. And so I, that's Kind of the same with manufacturers. We get similar, similar, um, you know, uh, uh, pool of people. So we reach out quite a bit with with some of the other trades at, at high schools, and you know, nowadays we're even starting down at the grade school level, 
to uh, reach out to the, the instructors primarily and the guidance counselors and say, hey, look, this is an option besides going to college. So we, we run an orientation every month and bring in people who are interested in learning about what is a steam fitter? What do you do? And we show them how to, how to apply, what the process is. And some of them probably, if we get um, oh, a, a typical month, we have uh, you know, 60, 70 people coming in to check us out. And maybe half of those fill out the applications, maybe another half of those follow through with the testing and the requirements. And we come up with a candidate list um, you know, people that are qualified to, to serve as apprentices, and then the employers kind of pick through. They look at the resumes of the, those, those candidates and pick the people that they feel would, would do best to serve their, their particular company. So kind of a, a good system. We, we work with the employer uh, just hand in hand. It, it is a, a joint effort. So um, we, we like that system because we have um, no lack of, of applicants. It's, it's working for us. I couldn't help but notice that earlier in the beginning of your statement, you mentioned about the guys. Um, so my question is, does that mean there aren't a lot of gals who are in uh, steam fitters? So I, I would tell you, Lou, that um, unfortunately you are correct. Um, not that they couldn't be or that they shouldn't be, um, but our, our makeup is, um, gosh, I'll, I'll bet if we, well, we've got 2,700 members, and if three to four percent of them are female, that would be a lot. Now, this is improving. It, it's, it's good through this outreach that we do with the high schools, but by no means um, are, are we where we should be because, gosh, you know, you look at it, so the females are half of the population, and we're kind of missing out on, on good opportunities to, to hire females. What is uh, a tip after you get through uh, an apprentice program? What is what's a typical uh, compensation for a uh, person who's coming out of uh, apprenticeship and starting to work? Sure. So they they become after after five years, uh, they take a test and and become a, a journeyman journey person, and um, their wages right now take home on the check fifty dollars an hour plus a pension, plus a health fund, plus an additional 401k. Um, and, and that's, um, you know, it, when I say the $50, that is truly what goes on, on the person's check. Um, the, when I mentioned the health fund and pension, that's on top of that. So total package for a steam fitter, a, a journeyman right now uh, is just shy of $80. Um, so that's, that's a negotiated package. Yeah. I should have listened to my father. I, absolutely. Hey, listen, it's never too late, Lou. Come on. Well, I don't know. <laughs> it might be too late for a lot of things. <laughs> so, Joel, in those uh, apprenticeship years, they're still seeing a pretty good number in their check, are they not? Correct. Yeah, they, they start, uh, you know, we, we have a uh, what's called a pre-apprenticeship, and that can be anywhere from one day to one year. So pre-apprentice starts at about $18 an hour, uh, but also uh, gets the, the health insurance right away and the 401k. 
And it's it's based on uh, it's kind of a sliding scale for apprentices. You know, it'll start at 35%, work up to 40 to 50 to 65, and so forth as they go through the five-year program. Um, and, and then make their way all the way up to the 100% uh, journeyman pay. And uh, as an apprentice, the first two years, you don't, uh, you don't have a quite as lucrative of a health fund, but it still is it's all the major medical prescriptions and all that. Uh, but I, I guess for those guys, I always mention to them that we do have our own health clinics uh, along with the plumbers here. Um, we, we've opened up our own health clinics. So those apprentices are welcome to use those free of charge to themselves or their families. So it's a, it's a nice benefit for them. Joel, how many people could you hire today if you had people who were ready to be hired? Well, I'll tell you what. So we've got a couple of projects going on right now um, and, and we are, probably short we were just counting up the other day by the end of april we will be short close to 200 people um, so what we did in the past you know Lou and tim we would we would call surrounding locals we would call down to chicago or up to the twin cities and say hey do you have some guys that that would want to come and and work here at 601 and usually that that would happen you know we could man work you know when we had a shortage now it's it's this way pretty much all over the upper Midwest that there aren't extra people around because so many of the states and cities have huge projects. Uh, the, the, the economy is just, it's still booming. So we're gonna have to try and fill those, those slots somehow, some way on our own through apprenticeship and probably reaching out to guys that do work as in the piping industry right now, maybe for non-signatory, non-union companies, if you will. And uh, we'll work with those guys and, and bring them in to do the work. In your efforts to get trainees and apprenticeships, uh, do, do you reach out at all to parents of teenagers and point out to them the the value of a uh, uh, being a, a a working guy who can make good money uh, because parents are still into this, even though they walk away with two or three hundred thousand dollars in debt going to college. Uh, they they need to be influenced also that if, if the individual, the ch kid, is. Uh, looking to do something and he really is really not college material, but parent wants him to go to college and he doesn't want to go. And then he goes and 40% of them flunk out. And right. then what do they do? All of that. No. So we, we, we've gotten better at it. Um, you know, as time has gone by, you, you're 100% right about the parents being involved because oftentimes you, you go to these career fairs and it would be just, guidance counselor or the shop teacher there. And uh, we've had way better luck when the parents, when they do them at night, when the parents can come along and see some of the different trades and opportunities that are out there. Um, there was there was one uh, out in Madison that that uh, was done where had the, the cutout of a guy with a hard hat on and you know your face could go in there. And the, the cartoon character was holding a paycheck that actually was um, you know in, indicative of what a journeyman would take home at that time. And a lot of the kids, hey, this is great. You know, I'll get my picture taken in there, go home, show their parents. We actually got phone calls from 
there are probably half a dozen parents saying, is this for real? Where, where do I sign up for this? How can I get involved in this? And also it, yeah, that, that works and, and we're getting better at it, but um, it's, and, and it's the, the old thing, um, you know, when the shop classes disappeared, um, you know, uh, years ago and everybody was supposed to go to college. I, I know manufacturing took that hit too. You know, everyone was supposed to be something from college and, and have to have this degree. And, and as you mentioned, that debt, just incredible to watch that now. I, I, I was on the internet the other day and there, there was a story about at some point we're coming to where a college education is going to be a million dollars. And, and yet, the cost of your TV is, is going to be down, you know, a huge flat screen that can cover your wall will be down in, you know, two and $300. It's, it's so weird how things are going. Um, it's these trades, I'll, I'll tell you what, again, the, the, the stability that it brings to the middle class and to a family are just something that, that really needs to, to um, be highlighted even more than it is right now. And, you know, you, you think about the, the, Again, easily $100,000 for a college education. You come through an apprenticeship with, with building trades, whether it's, it's us as the steam fitters or practically any other, other ones out there, you, you maybe have some tuition for night school or perhaps if you go into day school, but it's to the tune of, of you know, perhaps oh, $2,500 a year. So maybe in an apprenticeship, you've spent $10,000. But remember, you're... you're earning a paycheck as you're going through these five years. So um, you really are able to cover that. It's not like the apprentice has to go to mom and dad and say, hey, can you give me some money for some books? Um, they're, they're earning money too. So it's a good deal. Do many people complain about the five-year number? You know, that's a great question because yes. Um, a lot of young people, there's a, the more of the, yeah, I don't want to say it's instant gratification, but they're going like, well, you make that kind of money. And, and how, how long? Five years. It takes five years to get there. Oh, no way. You know, so that we, we, that does turn off, um, you know, a certain segment of the people that come in and, and check out the apprenticeship. They just go, that's fantastic money, but I'm not waiting, you know, five years for that. I, I want that right now. Yeah, you know. It's not how life works. We, we all know that you get you get that that reward at the at the end of the journey kind of a thing. You know, it it, it takes a while. So yes, you you are right, Lou. Um, it, that is something we hear um, all too often. Five years is a long time. <laughs> it is, but gosh, I I'll tell you what. Now I went through my apprenticeship. You know, back in the day, you know, similar to you, Lou, and um, I thought when I started. You, Oh my God, I'm never going to learn this. I'm never going to get through this. And, you know, oh my God, five years. And before you knew it, it was over and you still hadn't learned everything. And, and uh, you know, it, it does go fast. Um, you know, you guys are all surprised at the end that, boy, I got to get ready to take my journeyman test now. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't seem like it goes fast to a 20 year old. <laughs> oh, exactly. Right. Well, you, you, Right. When you think about it, the perspective of, you know, like, like me being in my 60s now and you go, well, what's five years? Yeah, when I was 20, well, that was a quarter of my life. My God. Right. Oh, exactly. Sure. Sure. Exactly. Joel, uh, Lou and I have talked about this. We've talked to other guests about it. And the three of us are, uh, shall we say, over 60. 
but I've been having conversations with my younger children about they're in their 20s mm-hmm. asking if they can find people who have the work ethic that we had when we were in our 20s or 30s you know we were willing to put in 40 45 50 hours a week nose to the grindstone and their answer is no you <laughs> can't find them they don't want to work they don't show up for interview they, they set an interview time they don't show up you hire them they don't want to work They'll put in five hours. They want five weeks off. <laughs> it's crazy. You're experiencing the same thing, trying to glean people for 601? Well, I, I will tell you, I, I think my perception is that we are way more fortunate in the, perhaps it's the, the screening that we do first and, and telling people right away, right up front, here's the expectations of you. We, we, we tell you that, look, um, we, we don't need average people. Your, your pay is, is, you know, it's, it's very good pay. Your benefits are fantastic. That needs to be, you, you've got to reflect that. You, you have to give it everything too. Um, we, we do get the occasional apprentice that, yeah, oh, you want me to work at seven o'clock every day? You know, and, <laughs> um, you know, but usually that person kind of, self-eliminates after a while because it is well, when you're out on a, on a job site, you're part of a team and, and the rest of the guys will go, Hey, where were you yesterday? Or how come you were half hour late today? And, and before too long, the apprentice gets pulled in front of the committee and that's a, a, a apprenticeship committee made up of, of labor and management. And, you know, we talk to the kids and, and go, look, that's not acceptable. You're going to have to change your behavior or you're going to be released from the program. And so um, they get it for the most part. Um, not that we don't have a few that it's an issue. Um, we're lucky. And I, and I think, you know, again, being in my 60s, you go, ah, these kids nowadays and all that. And I, I don't want to do that because, boy, there are so many of them are fantastic. And they, and they do have the skills and the, the capability of doing it. Sometimes it needs a little more coaxing than perhaps I did when I was that age. But, but it's there. Uh, it's still there. Yeah, those are always interesting challenges. Uh, I probably didn't really uh, settle down into my work life until I was in my later 20s. I went to college, mm-hmm. really couldn't find what I wanted to do in college. I didn't figure a degree in underwater basket weaving was going to carry me very far. So, you know, I, I had to bail out of college and find some real work. Mm-hmm. And I don't miss it, but the thing I do miss is shop classes when they took those out of high schools for my own kids. I wanted my children to experience wood shop and home ec and uh, what they used to just call shop when they worked on a car mm-hmm. engine. Uh, my sons would have benefited from that greatly. Big mistake pulling those out. Oh man, I, I couldn't agree more because you, you think about it. You know, whether whether you do take a job in, in the trades or, or you know, maybe you do end up being a doctor, but for God's sake, you should be able to figure out how to change a light switch. And, and so many people nowadays, um, you know, it, it, that's just a huge mystery, you know, like what, what goes on or what, how do you, how would you even, if you had a leak in your toilet, how would you turn off that water? And there's so many people that, that a simple thing like that, it's, it's beyond their comprehension because they never saw anything like this from shop classes that 
Yeah, well, we used to go through in grade school and high school. So but bringing that back, we have a few uh, school systems around that are, are have gotten that message and have said, yeah, we, we need to do something about this. And so there are some out there doing it. Not enough, though, and I, I get it. It's, it's, it's a shame that the funding for schools, the first thing that gets cut is, of course, you know, music, shop, all that kind of uh, stuff that's not math and English and, you know, the, the basic core things. But, man, is that important for life? Um, it, I, I agree. It, it needs to come back big time. Is, is there a way to turn the water off in your house? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, boy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Lou, great question. That's, that's, that's one of those, you know, we, we talked the other day about, about uh, you know, the thermostat that makes your, your air conditioning and your heat uh, work, you know, during the winter. And, and how the other night, my thermostat, well, it was, all it was was the batteries had gone low and uh, my furnace wasn't working. And I just go, well, thank God. They will figure that one out. And then my wife says the same thing. Um, and, and yet, had I not been able to do that, so then you call a repairman and he goes, well, I, I can get there in two days. And then in the meantime, yeah. because of your battery is not working, you, you sit in a cold house and your wife is unhappy, the dogs are mad, all of that, you know, so you, it's, it's, yeah, he shop last. All kidding aside, I didn't know thermostats have a battery. <laughs> Many of them do, some don't, some don't. Uh, uh, some of those better ones, you know, they're, they're powered off the, off the furnace itself, but uh, many of them have batteries. And, wow. uh, uh -huh. So next time, you check that first. I'll <laughs> check it. I got to find it first. Yeah. <laughs> Joel, as we uh, kind of approach the end of this segment, I would like you to tell people how to get in touch with 601 so they can begin the conversation. So, right, we've got a website that's probably the, the easiest way. Um, and I'll, I'll mention that the website is uh, currently um, being revamped. We've got the old one up, so it's a little, it's, it's seven years and dated. Um, so it's not real fancy, but uh, they, they tell us within a month we'll have a new one. But the, the website, it's www.steen601.org. And that'll get you to anything about our career um, from the apprenticeship to kind of what we do. And, um, you know, for people that maybe are, are out state or, or um, you know, in different parts of the country, there's links there that, that can get you in touch with the various trade organizations in your area. So uh, while you might not be from Milwaukee or Madison, uh, we, we've got links that will take you to the Green Bay local and, and get you uh, hooked up with those people so a good source there that's probably the best way someone just slipped me a, a note they want to know what 601 means oh okay good question so <laughs> that's um labor unions tend to get a a um a number you know from your your our, our parent organization is called the united association so uh the united association assigns numbers to each local and and Years ago, there used to be locals in virtually every city and town, you know, that there was, and, you know, they've consolidated quite a bit, but our, our number was assigned back in uh, 1913 as, as 601, so we are, uh, you know, refer to ourselves as Steamfitter 601, and, you know, the, the little spark, uh, you know, off the 601, supposed to be symbolic of, uh, you know, the welding that we do, so that's, that's a big, big part of our trade. 
You don't have much of a spark, though, when it comes to underwater welding. Uh, you know, I, I agreed. <laughs> agreed. That's a tough one. But, uh, you make, but you make a lot more money under the water. Boy, those guys, I, I tell you what, you, you I, I don't think you could pay me enough to do that. I'd, you know, be in the dark and, you know, think of all the things that might be just right outside your field of vision. Oh, boy. They're worth <laughs> well, it. We certainly appreciate you being with us, Joel. Important message for those in their uh, late teens, 20s, 30s, 40s. There's a lot of opportunity working for a union operation. And we encourage people to take a serious look at what's happening, not just in 601, but in the trades. Joel, thanks for being with us. Thank you guys for having me anytime. Just keep in mind, audience, five years isn't really all that long. No. You get to be our age, you wonder where the first 60 went. <laughs> <We're 70. laughs> okay, thank you very much, uh, Joel. And, uh, just a word to our uh, listeners, uh, tune in every week. Uh, we have uh, at least one show, sometimes two and three. Um, that's because the pay is so good here. And um, we are also syndicating for AMF. AM and FM radio nationwide. Uh, we are uh, actually on uh, uh, WK, uh, I'm sorry, WLEA upstate New York uh, and little 8,500 population town. And we get 15,000 listeners every time we have a show. So it must be a lot of out of towners driving through during rush hour. So that said, We'll see you next time. Tim, good seeing you as always. Joel, thank you very much. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.